These electric scooters are everywhere in Rome. This is so new. I've, I've not been in Rome for two years because of the pandemic. And I immediately noticed that something had changed. You would always see the motorinos, you know, the Vespas, the cars. But now, literally every street, every corner of a street, every square, you see these tiny two-wheel scooters that are uh, powered by a battery. And you can log into them pay online and then use that scooter wherever you go in town and you even see them in the busy streets navigating between the cars and the buses it seems very dangerous to me but on the other hand i'm thinking this is definitely improve an improvement for the city because they're electrical so there is there are no fumes and of course since they are so small it also is much easier to avoid congested streets But I'm, I'm stunned to see so many of them. <laughs> I thought that in the Netherlands we, uh, we were uh, way ahead of the, of the curve with our you know, ways to reinvent public transport and we all have bikes. But here it's, it's, it's so funny to see these electrical scooters. I don't even think that they are allowed in the Netherlands because there is a, well, a risk, of, of course, if people... Uh, falling and breaking legs or arms or, or worse. But uh, I guess that <laughs> life on the street in Rome is dangerous enough for these scooters to kind of pass the test. So I am in Rome, in case you're wondering. It's a beautiful day and uh, a, a bit too hot for my taste. It's uh, about 30 degrees Celsius. The sun is very, very warm. And I am walking to uh, via the Via di San Nicola da Tolentino to a big square. Uh, there is a fountain in the middle of a very open square, and there is a metro station here on my right. And I think this is, isn't this Piazza Barberini? Something like that. And we just walk through this car and this big bus to the middle of this square and I think that fountain is actually a Bernini fountain and it uh, it's not very big it's a, a octagonal shape uh, or at least the water is uh, in a, an octo octagonal shape and there are huge fishes that are uh, carrying a man who is sitting there or is it a man or is it a, a mermaid I think it's a mermaid man <laughs> so he's got the corpse of a man, or the, the body, the upper body, the torso, I should say, of a man. And then uh, instead of legs, he's got this strange fish-like tail. And, well, you can hear the sound, right? Very refreshing. <laughs> But unfortunately, there, there is a fence around it, which indicates that you're not supposed to be in the water. Um... So this is Barberini, again crossing the street here. So the road circles around this, this, this inner square and the fountain. And I'm heading downtown to record some podcasts and to go on a walk. And the next four weeks, uh, all the episodes of the walks will be recorded in, in Rome. So you'll be walking around with me in, in Rome and I will try to describe what I see and we'll talk about 
you know, anything that comes to mind. But I hope you enjoy this return to form in a certain way, because this is what I used to do 15 years ago when I started podcasting, and I would record uh, these, these walking tours, or sometimes I would be on a bike or on a plane or in a bus, and um, I would just go and explore. And I'm kind of doing that during these walks as well. I love these beautiful streets with big palazzos on my left and on my right. I think actually these are embassies. Sorgente Grutter, Barberini Suites. It is um, 4.20 in the afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 4.23 in the afternoon. And I've waited until this moment to go out. I, I actually, I, I didn't attempt earlier on to uh, go out and, and, and do some recording, but it was so hot. It was just not, it was not safe to be outside. And now I'm walking in the shadow. The sun is already lowering a bit. So that means that you get some shadows on the street. And that's a lot, a lot more comfortable. So I wanted to uh, tell you a story of something that happened to me near the Vatican. Um, and I've never had something happening like that to me before. Uh, it was almost like a, a, not a robbery, but an attack. But not a physical attack, but a, um, a religious attack. So I was um, entering the, the, um, the colonnade, or how do you call that, these, these, the, the, pillar, the pillars on the right side of the Vatican, and there were lots and lots of tourists. And there's this, uh, I guess, young lady. It's kind of hard to estimate her age, but I would say that she was in her 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, relatively small, um, thin face, and she had these like pale gray eyes that were very piercing. And it was as if she had been waiting for me there. So I saw her walking to my in, in my direction. And the first thing she asked is, uh, "Do you speak English? Are you a Catholic priest?" I say sure, thinking that maybe she needs some help finding whatever the entrance to the. Vatican museums or maybe she wanted to ask me something <laughs> but no she immediately started to tell me that uh, that I was wrong I was wrong to be Catholic this was wrong, the Vatican was wrong everything was, was one big charade um, and it was uh, totally opposite to what uh, the, the Bible tells us to believe and, and she went on and on and on. And it was like, wait a minute, we didn't, even, we didn't even greet one another and you're immediately starting to attack my, my faith, my integrity. So, of course, my first reaction was like, oh, come on. Seriously, are you doing this in the Vatican? <laughs> Do you really think that you can come here and start attacking Catholics and, and, and uh, bombarding them with with?" biblical citations that in your vision, in your view, in your theology, prove that we are all going to hell. Because that's, that's kind of where, where she went very, very quickly. Um, and 
every time she started a new attack, and it was relentless, I couldn't say a word, uh, she was interspersing it with lots and lots of biblical citations. So, after my initial kind of shock and bewilderment, I started to think, well, wait a minute, how am I going to handle this? I don't want to be rude. She was kind of rude in a certain way, but I, I need to be kind. And I was wondering, well, what, why is she doing this? Is it, would it be possible to kind of break this attack by being, by being kind, by being friendly? So to do the opposite of what she probably has already experienced in her in her the days that she was in Rome doing this to other people because most people would probably just walk away or tell her that she <laughs> that she's crazy or whatever so I was like I'm not going to do that but I was I was a bit intrigued and at the same time also I felt challenged maybe I should uh, I should see if I can turn this around because this is this feels wrong on so many levels uh, but how, how to do that? So while she was talking to me, I was both trying to react, or at least to show her that I was listening to her. Um, but at the same time, I was like having this inner dialogue. So how, how can I break through this? How can I stop this, this almost robotic attack, but which, which seemed, felt very pre-programmed in a way? Um, and what would be the best approach, best way to do that? I'm trying to cross the road here because it's very busy. Lots and lots of buses and cars and I want to get into the smaller streets of the city. Thankfully there is a tourist group crossing the road in the other direction so everybody stops. And uh, I think if I enter this part of the city I may actually get to... Isn't this in the, in the neighborhood of the... Fontana di Trevi. Um, sometimes, if I approach certain locations in Rome from another, dire- another direction than I'm used to, I don't recognize it because I never see the buildings from this from this part of the town. Well, we'll see. I'll I'll let you know where we are. In the meantime, I'm enjoying this beautiful light that reflects. Uh, like a lot of these houses have kind of this old rose color. Um, and when the sun hits it, it reflects a very warm, beautiful color onto everything else in the street. And it, it's, it's very typical for Rome. I immediately recognize it in photos as well. And uh, let's see, there is a military car or jeep parked there. I think this is... What is this? No, this is not Fontana di Trevi. <laughs> not yet. Um, there, everywhere in the, in the city you will see these military people usually uh, uh, standing guard next to a, a camouflaged jeep. Oh, there we are. This is actually Fontana di Trevi. So I'm passing the, the jeep here and I'm looking at a massive crowd all flocked around the waters of this beautiful large fountain. This is so different from all the other <laughs> all the other uh, places in, in Rome and fountains because this is just a tourist spot people hang out here and during COVID this place was deserted I've seen photos where there was literally no one near the water of the fountain in the middle of the day 
but now this is totally back to normal. So I see people taking selfies. There's a guy smoke, uh, smoking, smoking an e-cigarette. Those are def definitely very much uh, the the trend here in, in Rome. And I'm now at the lowest level. So I'm, I'm in the inner circle of the pavement around the fountain, trying not to walk through the line of sight of the people that are taking pictures of their loved ones. I don't see anyone throwing coins into the fountain, which is the, the thing to do. Oh, it's gorgeous. The bottom of the, of the fountain is uh, this kind of light blue, greenish blue, and the sunlight hits the water. It's, uh, there's a lot of sun always on this fountain, so it's, even though it's surrounded by big buildings, uh, for some reason they, they positioned the, the fountain in such a way that you get the maximum amount of sunlight, which of course is gorgeous with all this, this sparkling water coming from the various parts of the fountain. All right. Well, that was nice. And there is a small church here, very close to the uh, to the fountain itself. More people taking portraits and photos. Whoa, it's so busy here. Chiesa aperta. This is, let me take a look inside the church. Abitare il cuore della città. So, to live in the heart, or, yeah, to dwell in the heart of the city. Uh, Diocesi di Roma, so Diocese of Rome. And as I walk inside, it's immediately the noise of the tourist crowd disappears, and it's very cool here. It's a nice Baroque church. It's probably older than that, but it's decorated in a Baroque way. You've got all these electrical candles instead of real ones. So if you want to light a candle, you have to flip a switch. <laughs> you have to insert a coin and then flip a switch. I don't know. It doesn't feel like the same thing as lighting a real candle, but I can understand it as well. So I'm walking towards the altar. The light of uh, the lamp is uh, burning next to the tabernacle, which means that Jesus is there. This is a weird painting here on the right. What is that? So it's a square painting. It seems modern to me. It's a, it's a big yellow triangle. And in the middle of that triangle, you see the Virgin Mary with a light shining from her, from her womb. But that, I, of course, kind of symbolizes the Trinity and then Mary in the center of the Trinity. But I think from a theological point of view, this would be kind of on the risky side, positioning Mary in the center of the Trinity, almost as if she is the heart of the Trinity. Hmm. Always a bit wary of those modern, well-intentioned ways to try to visualize what Mary means in Catholic theology. But no. And here's another one of those paintings, probably the same painter who made a big portrait of uh, Mary Teresa the Calcutta, which is absolutely, again, well-intentioned, but not very pretty. All right. Oh, my gosh. Well, or outside again. So, I was thinking, what, what should I do now? And at one point, 
I tried to interject, I tried to ask her a question, and then she immediately, she didn't even listen to it, she continued to talk, and then I interrupted her, I said, this, I, I, I don't like this, we are having a dialogue, I'm absolutely, I appreciate your concern, so I was not telling her that she was wrong or right, but I said, I appreciate Hello. your concern, because this is clearly something that is important to you. But if we are having a dialogue and you talk to me, then I would also find it more than normal that you also listen to what I have to say. Otherwise, we'll have to stop this conversation. Well, she's literally stopped for, for two seconds and then she continued to rattle on with her uh, biblical citations and why uh, the Eucharist was uh, uh, worshipping um, an idol and why, you know, that would be the reason that we would be going straight to hell. And so, <clears throat> and it, at one point I was like, okay, let me try something that I've used before when I was talking to Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, of course, are not Christians, but they have that same kind of very, very strong zeal that they need to convince other people uh, of joining their sect or their, their cult. Um, and usually one way to disarm them is not to... Uh, you, you never win the debate. Because that's what they want. They want you to, to uh, start replying. Because they have all sorts of answers to <laughs> see if they can uh, undermine your, your thinking. So this, and it, but of course, it's a false... Um, it's not a real dialogue because they're, they're attacking... Str uh, what is it? Straw man? So this, this was also the case with this lady. She was constantly attacking positions that she thought or positioned were Catholic. But constantly I had to tell her, that's not what Catholics believe. That's not what we think. That's not how we look at Mary. This is not how, how we think about the Eucharist. But it's, it, at the moment you say that, she, well, there was a disconnect. You know, it does not compute because her entire strategy was to first set up a straw man and then attack it. But of course she was talking to someone who has a master's degree in philosophy and in, in theology. So uh, even though I may look like a, like a humble podcaster, and uh, I'm in fact a renowned scholar in the, in the arts of, of philosophy and thinking and, and reasoning. So she was absolutely out, outmatched, of course, by my brilliant genius. But I wasn't going to tell her because, of course, as you know, I'm extremely humble. I want you to know that. Keep that in mind. I'm extremely humble. So no, just kidding. But anyway, I'm, I'm here, by the way, uh, in front of my beloved university, the Gregoriana. And uh, it's bathing in, in beautiful sunlight. They added flowers. Oh my gosh, they completely renovated the entrance. It looks so modern all of a sudden. I can't believe it. They have beautiful purple flowers. And it blocks the main entrance. And then you can only enter through the side. And then they've got these... Wow, I need to take a look at that. This looks such a... So much better than it looked when I was studying here. Oh, wow. They completely squared off the entire main entrance. And there are now, like, electrical fences. So probably you can only enter if you have a pass or something like that. It's like in the metro. And then on this side, they have, they have pots with flowers as well. So I can't even enter the building anymore. Or I have to enter it through the side door. That's, that's it. Or at least I think... Wow. And it makes me go downstairs. I'm just going to do this. I want to know this. After all, I'm a former student of this university. I can't even enter. Oh, there we go. Oh, it brings me to the restaurant. 
Oh, that's interesting. Oh, eventi? Oh, that's interesting. So this is kind of like an events thing now? Or maybe uh, it's like a conference center? Salve. Ho studiato qui a, a, a Gregoriana e sono molto like, sorpreso che tutto è cambiato. Questo è il centro congressi. Ah, è nuovo, no? Sì, ed è privato. Wow, è, è molto bello. Non ho mai visto così. E dunque per entrare nell'università non si può più? O? Sì, deve, è, è l'altro portone. Ah, ok. De, no, a, 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 uscire, sì? quello a sinistra. Ottimo. Complimenti. <laughs> so she was explaining to me that this is a conference center and it's brand new. And if I wanted to enter the university, I need to go up the stairs and then enter through the other side. Roma eventi Matteo Ricchi, Centro Congressi. Ah, but it, there is like a, an arrow that tells me that this is the entrance, but it's, fin, it's also blocked by like a big uh, poster. And then I see other students, but they enter with a card, so you need to have that electrical card, which of course I don't have, because it's been like 20 years since I studied here. Well, 15 years. Salve. Non lo salvi, purtroppo. <laughs> ah, and here's the reception. Quiunque acceda all'edificio sarà sottoposto al controllo della temperatura. So they're even doing like temperature control because of COVID, I, I suppose. And you can't enter through the main entrance. I'm just. It says entrata, but yeah, you definitely need to have. Oh, they even have facial recognition. Oh, wow. Avicinari badge. So you need to have a badge before you can enter. This is so interesting. And this is reception. I'm just going to ask. Salve. Ho studiato qui 15 anni fa, ma tutto è cambiato adesso. Si può entrare o no? Allora, lei che sta facendo una cosa sua? O non sto raccontando sul podcast memorie della mia... La mascherina all'interno? Sì. È fatta ancora la temperatura? Sì. Wow. Allora così. Ok. Ok. Le apro io da lì. Non è lezioni ovviamente in corso, quindi non può entrare nelle aule. Non rimane molto tempo. E e poi dopo riesce sempre da lì. eh? Ottimo, grazie. So she wanted me to put on my... Uh, and then she's going to open the gate for me. Grazie. <laughs> so she, she checked my temperature. Uh, she told me that I needed to wear my mask. And now I can enter through the, this beautiful glass door. Now I'm in the hallway of the university. Some students are talking here. There's an, another reception. Whoa, this is so modern all of a sudden. Well, all of a sudden, it's probably been like this for years, but I've never seen this before. And this is the main hallway of the university, and they've got like circular tables and, and uh, plastic separators. So you can sit here, but there is this just, you, you, you won't be able to cough on someone else. And if you go to the first floor, that's where the entrance is to the library, but I'm pretty sure, but, but even in my time, you still needed to have it. Uh, like a, a student, student car to enter the library. Here's a big statue of, um, of Jesus. 
Eiuntes doceto omnes gentes ecce ego vobiscum suum. So this is, this is Jesus telling his apostles to go and to educate, to teach the, the peoples of the earth. And behold, I will be with you. I love that. Always love that, that, that big statue of Jesus in the center because, of course, he is the center of our, of our lives and of our, our intellectual journey as well. Oh, the cafe is so new. Oh my gosh, that I don't even recognize it. It's completely brand, it's super modern. Oh my goodness. And now I feel as super old as if I've been studying here in the Middle Ages. And it's, oh, there was a cafe, but it was very run down and with, with very unpleasant ladies working there always, like, Good boy, what do you want? They had great coffee, though, great cappuccino. And then here on the sides are the entrances to the, um, uh, to the various uh, uh, classrooms. And if I remember correctly, here is the chapel. I always went for mass or for, for prayer. Let me just enter and take a look. Oh, yeah. That's, at least this is still exactly the same. It's an interesting combination. So it's a rectangular chapel, but the, um, I'm not kidding you, the tabernacle looks like the Death Star. It's this metal ball, which opens like, I don't know, like the Death Star. It is just really, really modern. And the altar itself is marble and the, 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 the benches are, uh, are also kind of old-fashioned wooden benches. That, that, yeah, the tabernacle, I'll, I'll take a picture of that just so I can show you what I'm talking about because it's kind of hard to imagine. But uh, it is, it's quite special. Let's put it that way. All right, let me just take a picture like that and then one from the side so you can see the rest of the chapel. And it's a little bit, maybe it's not very respectful to take photos of a tabernacle, but it's so, it's so striking. I've never seen something like that. So usually students would come here uh, in between the courses if they wanted to say their prayers individually, or there was also a community of, um, I'm just exit the chapel again, of students that were connected to the, uh, what is it? The, um, oh, one of those movements. The uh, Neo... Uh, no, what was it? The, oh, my brain is fried. Uh, the Neo-Catechumens. Neo-Catechumens. They have that. They always like use lots of guitars. And their founder has uh, uh, composed a lot of songs. And uh, they always sing the same songs. <laughs> It's not really my style. This is funny. This, this is still the... This is a historical place, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm, I'm actually looking at the announcement board where I first saw this flyer of the communications course that they were giving all the way on the upper floor of the building. I remember it was in between two courses. Of, I was studying theology at the time. I was working on a, on a promotion on, on a, a systematic... Uh, dogmatic theology 
as I was standing here and I see this, this flyer and it shows up, it was a light blue flyer and it had a picture of students sitting at a mixer, like a mixing desk with headphones on. And there was another picture of, of two students filming with a big camera, a television camera. And it, it was explaining that this was uh, uh, an institute for social communications. And it was a, like an inter... What is it? Interdisciplinary... Interdisciplinary... Uh, study um, two years and you would get an introduction in sociology communications media PR all that but also the practical aspects of it so you would they would teach you to to make radio television and the internet which back then was still in its infancy and I, I was immediately intrigued by that photo I was like oh my gosh can you study that here too so I went up the stairs after seeing the flyer and I, I was looking around for someone who could tell me more and it turns out it was the director of the institute who was there. He's from Argentina. He was a, an Argentinian Jesuit. That looked even a little bit like Pope Francis uh, or Bergoglio at the time. And so he, he, uh, he explained to me that this was a, a relatively new institute. And since I was already working on a doctorate, I could also um, follow those courses for free because my bishop was already t- uh, uh, paying for, for the other study. So I was intrigued. And he said, it's not much time. And, and that's how I got involved in the, in the, in the social communications. And I was, um, uh, I was hooked from the very first course. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that this exists. I want to do this. And, well, the rest is history. That's why I'm standing here with this recorder recording a podcast. And the lady, before letting me in, really wanted to know what I was doing here. And I was like, I'm recording a podcast uh, uh, t- sharing my memories of my time here at the Greg. So anyway, they're, they're still, they're used, they're more used to, to media people than, um, now I'm just going through the, the gates again, because I want to continue my, my walk. Uh, but it's kind of fun to be able to, to bring you uh, along uh, to, uh, to visit, this, this place is so special to me, my, my life literally would not be the same. Uh, if I had not seen that one flyer. That's how important communication can be, just one flyer, and it changed my life. That didn't happen with that lady who was still rattling on about how I would go to hell and all Catholics would go to hell. So I asked her, why are you so so motivated by this? What? Why are you so concerned about me? And why are you judging me? Didn't, didn't, doesn't Jesus say, don't judge? Because the measure you use to measure other people will also be used for you. So, uh, and, and, and then she said something that was in, uh, quite revelatory. She said, if I know the truth and you are wrong, and I would not uh, be able to convince you, then God would blame me. I would be to blame. I would, I would, it would be a sin if I didn't tell you that you were going to hell. And that was, the, the, the reason that I find that very re- re- revelatory was that, in fact, what she told me there was that this was not really about me. This was not meant to help me, but she was trying to help herself. This was about her. It was about her fear to be judged by God, to be sent to hell, unless... She was telling other people that they were wrong. 
and 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 you could tell that it was, it was really hard for her to understand that I was looking from a different perspective to this. And so I told her, well, you know what? I have a proposition. Can I can I ask you to do something for me? That was a good question, I noticed, because then she really stopped and listened. It made her curious. She kind of she stepped out of her script. And she said, okay, so I ask her for help. So I make myself very vulnerable. And I asked her, would you do me a favor? And I really appreciate how concerned you are for me. I don't think we're going to agree right now. But if you are truly convinced that I will go to hell un unless I, I change and, and follow Jesus and be born again, because it was all this whole, you know, born again theology, uh, where it's, it's very much about, you see? Ah, non ho soldi, purtroppo. Non ho niente su di me. Mi scusi. Lots of people asking for... They see uh, that I'm a priest, so they always want some help. But, unfortunately, I do not carry uh, money on me. Never in Rome, actually. Um, anyway, so... Uh, I, I just passed the, the one of the favorite restaurants of Mountain Torek, who is... Uh, my friend here who, who um, uh, works with, uh, organizes pilgrimages in Rome and elsewhere in the world. I was hoping to meet him uh, one of these days, but he's in, the, he's in the United States. He's in between travels, and, but I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Mountain, I'm in Rome. Do you have time for a cup of coffee? And he's like, uh, Father, I'm in the United States. <laughs> How long are you going to be in, in, in Rome? And I said, um, well, actually, I'm heading towards the United States. So I'm actually, it turns out he comes back the day before I head to the United States. Give me another reason to come back. Why am I wearing this mask? Oh, it's so warm. Oh. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, we're so trained it, during the pandemic to wear these masks that I, it doesn't even occur to me that I can take it off when I'm outside. And the, But the thing is, here in Rome, you, um, you're obliged to wear the... FFP2 type of masks, so the, the, the really the surgical ones, and, and it's kind of hard to breathe through those masks. It's okay if I just sit or I'm just in a bus or something like that. So here inside, you're still uh, uh, it's still compulsory to uh, to wear those masks. But if you walk and it's like 30 degrees Celsius as it is right now, man, it is hard to breathe. So um, <laughs> where was I? Uh, I, I told her, if you are so concerned for me, could you please pray for me? Because if God has a plan for me, if he really, if he knows that I'm wrong, your prayer can truly make a difference. More than this conversation. And so she kind of clicked back into her script. She, yes, yes, I will pray for you. I will pray for all these people that will go to hell. And then she, and then immediately she continued her script. And that's when I said, well, thank you. I'm going to leave it at this. And she, she tried like five times more to continue her conversation, totally unable to understand that I was absolutely not going to be convinced or, or change my mind or whatever to cross this the, to the other side here. I'm, I'm approaching the Piazza Venezia. It's a very, very busy uh, square in the center of Rome because I'm going to walk to the Colosseum. Since I'm here, why not? Um, but at least she made the commitment that she would pray for me. And I know, and I told her so, 
Prayer always makes a difference. And if God wants, needs to change me, he will listen to that prayer. But it will also change you because you're doing something for me. Uh, you're giving a little bit of your time to pray for me. Anyway, I don't know if she truly has heard that or wanted or was open to that. But I, th I, I, I felt that this is the max, maximum that I can do. There's, there's no way to get to another level. Which with the, sometimes with the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, if you ask them, but what does this mean for you and your children? If you ask them about their children, how's it going? How do you truly feel? Um, a lot of these um, people actually are very unhappy and they're being forced to proselytize and to... Uh, sell or you know give away a certain number of flyers and uh, they need to be successful in what they do and otherwise they they're, they're in trouble um, so in the past it has sometimes sometimes it was able to break through that wall and get to the real person in this case it was on it was impossible and so it gave me a lot of thought how to evangelize and how how not to evangelize and I've the reason that I wanted to talk about it here uh, on the walk was that I, I realized that this is something that we too risk to do from time to time if we argue with other people about faith um, if we feel attacked or we're um, in a disagreement with someone's choices we sometimes step into that same script where we start to try to convince people to stop believing what they believe to change their minds to but we we approach it from an intellectual point of view so we argue we have these long talks and it's like no you're wrong no it's not like that and and we think that we can win someone over intellectually which is very 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 rare and you always have to ask myself and that's kind of because i've done that as a priest i've often thought you know I need to proclaim the gospel and explain it like and you immediately identify yourself with like St. Paul who did the same right but I'm, I'm not St. Paul and <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe how many people didn't convert even though St. Paul the Apostle hey thank you it was good to see you who are you from Italy Bah, bah, incredible! Oh, bah, grazie, grazie tanto. Well done. Thank you so much. What's your name? Matteo. Matteo. Pleased to meet you. Me too. <laughs> Matteo, did you hear that? He's a Franciscan monk. It was like this morning I saw your video on YouTube about uh, uh, the canonization of Titus Bronsby. I made this documentary. <laughs> so funny. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, the. I'm not St. Paul. And even St. Paul has struggled for years to try to win over people for Christ. And and he, one of his most dramatic times in his life when he was in Corinth, he was already recognized and acknowledged by the other apostles as being a true apostle. And yet nobody changed. And, then, and he wanted to found a church and nobody cared. And I think that sometimes... You know, we shouldn't be surprised because people rarely change, change their lives because they change their opinion. Um, but it's always, I think conversion ultimately is a movement of the heart. It doesn't mean that, you, that the intellect doesn't play a role, but fides querens intellectum. So 
faith needs the intellect and vice versa the intellect if you are really truly honest in your quest for truth you will at one point realize that you also need faith the intellect your your intellectual capacity is not enough life needs faith faith is a, is a movement of the heart it's it's trust faith is another word for trust so you have to give your heart not just your mind and that was what i hoped would happen is like okay i i try to be kind i'm not going to argue with her because what she needs is not my arguments she needs my heart and 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 later on i i thought well, what was truly going on and i was talking about it with uh, a couple uh that stayed with us here in rome uh they're back to holland now and he um he's a uh, newly ordained a permanent deacon and his wife is um is not catholic very supportive she's from a protestant background uh, super kind people and so she she said to me um maybe she wasn't mentally stable um because i was describing also the kind of the look in her eyes and how kind of like these piercing eyes and un- unable to empathize with me unable to listen um and she said well maybe she was you know in, in a in a psychological psychological condition that made it impossible for her, her to hear you um and because otherwise how would you explain that someone is in the middle of the day trying to convert people to her her version of the gospel uh, in 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 the Vatican i mean <laughs> you have to be uh in a very special state of mind and what i what i uh, noticed was how 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 afraid she was um of of being judged herself she was afraid of god and so she felt that god was pushing her to do this and i'm thinking poor poor lady i i you know i would be have a lot of trouble with a god who would treat us like that um i'm all for evangelization i'm all for 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 uh, doing what jesus says you know in the, just in in the gregorian university it's marked there on the statue itself you have to teach people but he also says i will be with you so it's not just about it's not just about intellect it's about a presence it's about an encounter it's jesus who wants to be with us and and the, the this presence is just as important if not more important than this intellectual debate or you know trying to fix someone else's mistakes and um as you know i've been um, investing quite a bit in uh recently on on tiktok to try to uh help people kind of find an entrance through an uh, analysis of, of of pop culture to tell people a little bit about the basics of faith and uh and then i've noticed how some catholic followers on tiktok are using the comments to argue with atheists and to attack them and to tell them how wrong they are and how they are hurting the catholic church and misinterpreting the catholic faith and 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 accusing them of being of bad faith well you can guess what happens <laughs> nothing good comes from that on the contrary they are reacting then you get these flame wars where people are like would you stop talking to me i'm an atheist you have to respect this i don't want to hear from you i don't want you to convert me and 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 i i see the same thing at work i was like oh my gosh please don't don't do this don't attack other people because they don't believe what you believe 
instead trying to be supportive and 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 present try to affirm what is good in in their own current faith and have trust that god can change their hearts not you nobody can convert someone else only god can do that but you need the holy spirit for that the holy spirit is who changes hearts and who converts and who evangelizes and the holy spirit we know what the holy spirit does he loves the holy spirit is god's love and if you're only trying to use your mind and not your heart to try to change someone, you will always fail. It will never stick because it's the, the Holy Spirit is not there. If the love and friendship is not there, then all the rest of your efforts will be vain. That's kind of what I, how I felt. Oh boy, I am looking at this beautiful triumphal arc here. The Forum Roman, I'm stretching out underneath here. I'm standing on a on a... Uh, a, a, like a, 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 on a hill. I'm looking at the valley where you see the Forum Romanum. This, of course, is much lower than the rest of the city because in the meantime, the city of Rome over the ages has, uh, has gone up, as cities do from time to time. And this, uh, to my right, is the Prigione dei Santi Apostoli Pietro e Paolo. So this is the prison of St. Peter and Paul, Mamertinum. And... Uh, if I look down, you see all these different layers of history. Uh, the, the main road, there's a little temple over there on the left that was uh, created for, I think, for the virgins of Vespa. Or the, uh, how do you call that in English? Anyway, those kind of like virgins that had a kind of a, like a prop, prop prophetic role, I think. And uh, it's, it's gorgeous, always gorgeous. They're, they're still doing searches here because a part of the Forum down below here is uh, covered in, uh, in, in, in a t kind of a tent. It looks like a big square tent with cloth to shield the archaeologists from the sun. Maybe also shield the, 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 the excavations from the weather. And then if I walk to this side, I can see there's just a few trees here. And then, of course, there's the big hill where... Uh, I think Nero's palace was, among other things. I really I always need to Google that before I say anything, <laughs> pretending to be knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. But it's, it's gorgeous, especially now with the sun. Wow. But anyway, that's, that's, that's my first walk here in Rome. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know in the comments if you want to... Well, not if you want me to do more of these, because I am going to do more of these. Um, so next week, the, the, the walk will, be, uh, uh, will also be in Rome. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking of doing more of these themed uh, walks because I know that when I went to the, the zoo and I recorded the walk there, uh, a lot of you were like, oh, that was so much fun. And you heard these sounds and it was almost as, as if we were there. And, uh, uh, and, and well, since I'm in Rome now, I'm thinking, well, why not do that? It just combine a conversation about stuff that I experienced here and add some thoughts and at the same time kind of take you to to this beautiful city oh i so wish i could stay here for a month but uh, i have to kind of compress my time here and then stretch it out a little bit over the over the next couple of weeks but uh, i hope you enjoy it thank you so much and for my patrons i'll record an extra mile an extra walk here in the streets of rome and i want to talk to you about something that hit me when i was at termini 
station and the way the underground or the metro is organized here in Rome, it gave me uh, actually the perfect metaphor on, on how to reach my followers <laughs> and how to, do, how to use the various, the various uh, arenas of, of TikTok and YouTube and Facebook. It, it, it solved a problem that I've been struggling with for, uh, for years. But I will talk about that more in my extra mile for the patrons. If you want to join the patron community, go to patreon.com slash fatheroderick. Thanks for your time. Hope you enjoyed this and uh, ciao, arrivederci.